I'm Katie Kuhn, and this is Living Local. We hear a lot about immigration on television and in the news. But have you ever had a personal conversation with someone who came to the U.S. from another country? For our last podcast of 2017, we are happy to share a conversation with Cesar Torres. Cesar is a network administrator at a local private school and has a wife, young daughter, and a home here in Milwaukee all of which culminated in what Caesar calls his American dream. When he was in his early 20s, Caesar immigrated to the U.S. from his native Peru and was shortly followed by members of his family. Over the last 17 or so years, Caesar has worked to find his place and identity as an immigrant American. Caesar shared his story of coming to the U.S. and his first impressions in a bilingual performance at an ex-fabulous story slam. Coincidentally, the theme of the night was My American Dream. We will begin with hearing Caesar tell his story live on stage, then chat with him about his experiences. Living Local, telling the stories that connect us. A United Way of Greater Milwaukee and Waukesha County podcast. Okay. Hi, everyone. Kind of nervous. Poco nervioso. Um... I got a confession. I am an, an immigrant. Yo soy un inmigrante. Y, y yo, soy, yo me siento muy orgulloso de lo que soy. I am very, very proud of what I, what I am. Because I think I've, I know, I'm not only just living in this country, which is a beautiful country. And I, feel, I felt so welcome. And at the same time, I felt so unwelcome when I came to this country. En un principio yo no me sentía muy bienvenido aquí también, pero al mismo tiempo yo no me sentía bienvenido. Son las dos caras de la moneda que uno siente cuando uno llega a este país. It's like the two faces that you, that you see here in the United States. You feel welcome and unwelcome. Anyway, I am originally from Peru. Yo soy de Perú. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, my story is this. Um, I moved here when I was 23, and I came for better opportunities. I, yo me mudé aquí a Estados Unidos para mejores oportunidades, mejor, mejores oportunidades de trabajo, de educación. So when I moved to the United States, the first thing I did, I had to find, I had to find a job. And I remember it wasn't easy. It was uh, it was kind of hard because you have to like find like a factory job, and then you have to like work in find a second job because it, it was just the fact that you know it's kind of hard to find a job when you when your English is kind of broken. So, cuando me mudé acá a Estados Unidos, para mí fue un poco difícil porque yo mi mi inglés no era muy bueno. Entonces yo tenía que yo tenía que que buscar un trabajo. Me busqué un trabajo en una factoría. Y mi segundo trabajo fue en, una, en un restaurante. Pero lo bueno, de, lo bueno de haber trabajado en un restaurante era que así yo aprendía a hablar mejor mi inglés. Because like, I, when I started working in a restaurant, I had to speak English with people. And that was like a school for me. That's how I, 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 got, I built up my vocabulary. So working in a restaurant, trabajando en un restaurante me ayudó bastante a aprender mi inglés. La segunda parte de, 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 de mi sueño americano fue ir a, a estudiar. Entonces, like, my second part was, like, I had to go to school. So, I started going to school, I had to work, and I had to go to school. 
um, yo me puse a trabajar y me puse a estudiar y it's, it might sound like a cliche but my American dream and I am, I am lucky about that it's that I've not only I went to I found, a, I, I found job, uh, jobs and then I went to school I, I got married I got my wife and I got my kid and that's, that's part of my American dream like cuando yo llegué acá a Estados Unidos, pues mi, 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 mi sueño americano era tener mi familia. Y mi familia consistía en tener un trabajo, estudiar, tener mi esposa mis, mi, y, y ahora tengo mi hija. So that's how I fulfill my, my American dream. It's, a, it's quite a, I mean, it took me like about what? Maybe like 16 years to, to build it. And, and I am so proud of what I have done. Thank you. Me, me tomó 16 años en construir lo que yo quería. Y, y me siento bastante orgulloso de lo que yo tengo. Y, y, y me, siento, me, siento, me siento muy feliz con lo que tengo. I, I, I really don't take for granted what I have here. I mean, you all, whoever are Americans or even just living here in the United States... You are so lucky for what you have. And, and, and it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's just amazing the opportunities that we have in this country. It's, it's such an amazing place to live. Aquí en Estados Unidos, es algo, eh, me, me parece que es un país extraordinario. Um, acá puedes construir lo que tú quieres si es que, puedes, si es que lo quieres hacer. Y, 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 y muchas gracias por todo. Well, thank you so much. So tell me a little bit, what was that experience of telling your story with Ex Fabula? Um, I didn't even have the chance to like uh, think about it. I just went the, to the event just to find out how it is. Yeah. And then suddenly when I was there, I kind of felt bad because they, there was not many people putting their names on a hat. And I'm like, oh, crap, you know, like, I, I feel bad. And I, like, you know, I feel like I, 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 since they are reaching to us, I feel like, okay, I have, to, I have to say something. I have to, like, at least tell, tell my story. And it was a perfect opportunity because it was, like, the American dream. I'm like, oh, this is, you know, kind of like what I, I, I think, in a way, I think I accomplished that. I accomplished what I guess my main goals, I guess. I'm, I'm not reaching from the sky. I'm not trying to be a millionaire. I'm just trying to make a life and have a good job, have a family, have a house, you know, like, just to be that. And I just felt like it was the timing to do. And I was nervous. And then number two is like it was like a little hard because when I am when I was telling the story in English, I was doing back and forth. I felt like I was repeating myself. And sometimes probably I didn't listen to the story anymore after that. But I'm I'm sure I'm like I skip probably small parts. There is probably gaps because I thought I said it, but on the other language I probably didn't. I skip something. So it was kind of, it was kind of like a little. A little hard to keep up with the story and try to catch up myself. Oh, no, I had to, like, say, no, translate it right away, you know? So you didn't walk into that prepared to tell your story, or you hadn't practiced telling your story in both No, I, after when I put the, the, my name on the hat, at that point I decided, okay, what do, I, I, it goes through my head, okay, this is what I need to, to start talking about. And then, it's the, you know, what I'm trying to listen to other stories, I'm still, you know, like I'm drinking a beer and like talking, like, and, and then suddenly, okay, this is what I want to see, or this is what I want to follow, and they'll try to make like at least uh, some stuff. But then most of the stuff, it just, some of the stuff was just open, like it just came out like that at that moment, you know? Yeah. 
So had you ever been in a situation before where you were translating like that, kind of real time, going back and forth no, between the languages? No, that was the first time I actually did that. Because what was it that was, like? Uh, it was it was it wasn't bad. It yeah. wasn't bad. It just like you know, since it was kind of like a like an informal, let's say an informal thing, you know, I just kept talking and talking and talking. And yeah, sometimes you go into a tangent. I'm like, oh no, wait a minute, let's focus again. You know, it's, it, I think it's it's obviously not only hard like just to speak in public, but it was like you know, it was a little harder to like catch myself and continue with the translation. So no, it was the first time I translated obviously for my dad. Let's say going to like a, a, a hospital and talking to a doctor, but it was you know it's you know, doing those things, but not never like that in public or anything like that. So you just mentioned your dad. Were you the first member of your family to come to the U.S., or did you come together? We kind of, like, came in stages. It was, uh, first it was me when I moved to Wisconsin, and then my mom followed, like, a few months after, and then my, my dad and my brother, my little brother, came, like, probably, like, a few months after that. Okay. So. And you all settled in Wisconsin. What brought you here? Uh, it was, well, initially, when I moved to, I moved to New Jersey initially, and I was with a friend. I was there probably like just over a year. And my mom here came to Wisconsin. So like one time I came to visit her during the summer. And I'm like, oh, how nice, you know. And then suddenly, like, uh, the whole plan was that my mom was going to move with me. And then my, my dad and my brother were going to move together in New Jersey. Well, last minute, my mom decides to pull the plug and say, like, no, I'm not going to move to, to New Jersey. I'm going to stay here. And at that point, I said, okay, I'm just going to quit my job, and we're just going to move all to Wisconsin. So we decided to move to Wisconsin. Wow. And um, how long has it been? It's been already like uh, 1999, like about 17, 18 years already. Wow. And so you've kind of built your life here. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so in the story, you mentioned you got married, you have a family. Were you married before you came to the U.S., or did you meet your wife here? No, I met my wife here. Okay. Mm -hmm. And um, you have children? Yes, I have a five-year-old girl. Her name is Maya. And are you raising her bilingual? I speak to her pretty much in Spanish, but because school is in English, Family, uh, mom speaks English only. Um, TV is in English. Everything is in English. So the only source is, is Spanish is me. I speak to her in Spanish, and she replies back in English to me. Really? Yes. Do you try to talk to her about, like, hey, I want I want you to talk in Spanish. This is why this is important. I'll, I tell her that, but she's like, you know, like, I, she just tells me, like, I don't know how to speak Spanish because I talked to a teacher, and teachers, my te- the teacher said, well, she's, you know, she knows she can listen to you and she understands everything, but she doesn't know how to reply because there is no example of that. There is nobody replying back to you in Spanish so she can learn it that way, how to reply back. So she's losing that part in translation. So, yeah, sometimes she just throws words in Spanish and she, oh, oh, she pays attention to what I say. You know, she just throws like a Spanish, you know, like a Spanglish phrase or something. Yeah. And I am like, oh, I guess she, she catches, but she, she lacks the, I guess, the reply back to learn from, you know. In the story, you mentioned that you came here looking for something in particular. You were looking for better opportunities in education, with work. Do you feel that you found that, that oh, you definitely. kind of found your American dream? Oh, definitely, because, I mean, uh, back when I left Peru, the situation, like the the work situation was pretty bad. It was hard to find jobs. I was going to school there, and I figured out, like, probably like halfway in the school, it's like, you know, what's the point of getting a degree? Because you can't find a job. It will be hard to find a job. So I'm going to waste, like, probably and school over there is five years. It's not four, like, here in the United States. So I'm, like, at that point, I'm, like, you know what? I'd rather just start over on a place that it has more opportunities. 
when I came here, you know, you can find a job easily. I had, uh, I had two jobs, I remember. I worked two full-time jobs, and then also I made overtime on Saturdays, like just to, you know, like save some money, you know, like, and that's what I was doing. So job wasn't a problem here. Even though it was a low-paying job, it's at least you can make some money. You got the opportunity to do that. And eventually I decided to go to MATC, and, and I pursued a degree on, um, um, in, as a network specialist. It took me like a while, but, I mean, you cannot complain here. It's like, you know, like you got the opportunity if you want to, you know. So definitely, like, uh, I definitely found it. Tell us a little bit about your life now. Tell us about your um, career, your, um, your family. What does the, the American dream look like? Well, my American dream, at least, is um, right now I work at a, at, a, at a school, a private school here in Milwaukee. I do IT. I, do, I am the network administrator now. And basically what I do, I work there. Um, I have a family. I have a wife, an American wife. Uh, her name is Lisa. I have a five-year-old girl, Maya. Um, I own my, we own our own house. We, we have a dog. Um, I mean, we have friends, we have family, so there is nothing to complain about for me. I got everything that I needed, you know. It's like, I feel like I'm blessed because I have everything. I have, we have good health, we have a house, we have jobs, we have, you know, I have a family. So I, th- I think it's, it's just wonderful. I mean, obviously not, no, nothing is perfect, but I cannot complain about what I have. I want to ask you about something you mentioned in your story you said when you when you first came to the U.S. that you felt welcome, but you also felt unwelcome. Can you explain that? Yeah, I mean, like uh, when you come here, is is uh, you know, like there is some people that they they are willing to help you. They find out when you are you know you're new here to the country, and they give you good advice and say like, well, this is what you what you do. This is where you need to find a job. This is how you do it, and you know how to, to find things. There is plenty of people that are very welcoming. They were willing to help you, like you know, give you good advice and all that. And, and and there is a lot of people like that. At the same time, you feel like I'm welcome to because I think I think every immigrant faced that at, in every part of their life. You know, since this I'm sure that when this, this since this since this country was created, it's you know like as being as an immigrant, sometimes you know like go back or you know they they, they don't make you feel welcome. You have an accent, you or or who knows what you know like so. There is a small situations that people, you know, like they always say, like, you know, like mean things uh, or, you know, like, oh, you know, like you're an immigrant or something like that. But more than an insult to me, I think being an immigrant, it's uh, I actually feel proud of it because to me it's like, you know, you have to you fight to you have to fight harder in order for you to pay what they call, you know, like the the the, the where you stand, the place where you stand now. It is not easy, and you know, it makes your your skin thicker. You know, you become hard. You become better, I guess. You know, after you wear all the issues, you know, you feel you feel good after that. You know. Yeah. Wow. So, has it has it changed since you first came here? The the um, response that you get. Do you still experience people who who don't react favorably to you because you're an immigrant? Um, I guess. Personally, I don't, I don't, at least I don't live that. I can feel sometimes people can look at you differently, and I, I feel it more often probably than, than a native will do, you know. I can feel that. Um, and then, obviously, we're living in, in, in strange times, and I can feel more, you know, like unwelcome by just watching TV. You, you can feel the, the you know, 
a little more hate out there. It's a little more, you don't feel that welcome. You feel more insecure now. At least I, that's how I feel, you know. Even though I've been living here for so long already, uh, it's kind of funny now. It's like, I feel, I feel kind of like when I came back here, like when I came here, you know, like a year ago, it's, it's kind of funny. Yeah. And it's funny because it's possible that some of the people who don't feel warmly or positively towards immigrants have not even lived here as long as you have, being that they're probably a little bit younger than, you know, or weren't born yet when you came. But that's very, that's very interesting. So we already talked a little bit about your, your decision process when you decided to move here from Peru. Was that a tough decision? Was it scary? How did that feel leaving your home? Had you visited the U.S. before? Um, I came here to the United States twice before that. I came as a tourist uh, the first time. I went, I remember like when we went, I, we went to Miami and went to Florida and all that and Orlando. And then the second time I, I decided, okay, I'm, I'm just going to purchase some stuff and I'm going to sell it back in Peru. That's what I did. Kind of like a business, small business yeah. thing. And then the third time I decided to come as an immigrant. Um, I guess... Uh, what was that question? I lost myself. I had a lot of questions. Um, <laughs> <laughs> was it was it scary? Uh, it was scary because I guess I, the the most that you you uh, miss out of your home country is your family number one, your friends. Then you pretty much have to start from zero again. You don't know anybody. You don't have anybody to rely on. Uh, my English was kind of broken. Um, it was scary in a way, but at the same time, you see it like a as an opportunity. So it's kind of like you see both sides. You see, like, you know, the scary part, but at the same time you see the future and you you know it's going to be better. So you, you mentioned you have a five-year-old daughter, Maya. Do you talk to her about your experience that you came from Peru? I know she's obviously very young, but maybe, you know, have you talked about that yet? No, I guess sometimes I just tell her, like, you know, like, uh, oh, yeah, you know, like I'm from Peru and that's where we, we, and we speak Spanish. And that's why I keep pushing her, you know, to, like, learn more and more Spanish. And I want her to learn. Because sometimes when I read books to her, like, at the going, you know, before going to bed, she wants, I always translate it in my head. I translate the book for her. Even though it's in English, I translate it and read it to her in Spanish. But, um, but then she keeps telling me, I want, no, I want you to read it in English. And I say, no, because daddy speaks Spanish and I want you to learn Spanish. So... She keeps, you know, like, she just doesn't like it sometimes, but she just go for it. But, um, no, I talked to her. And she, she knows, obviously, we speak Spanish in Peru. And, actually, this January, she's going to go there for the first time. So I think it's going to be a good experience for her to know her roots, part of her roots, obviously, one half. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow. What do you plan to do while you're there? Uh, mainly visit family, uh, go do some tourism. You know, like go, I'm going with my wife and, and my daughter. So just vacation pretty much, you know. Are there any Peruvian cultural traditions or, um, you know, family traditions that you had when you were growing up that you try to have Maya experience? I guess, uh, well, one of the things is like, we'll obviously Christmas is a big thing over there. And we used to like uh, have fireworks, but obviously the weather doesn't, doesn't help here in, in the United mm-hmm. States. Um, I, I used to love to go to the beach all the time, like during the summer in Peru. And so every time we can, we want to go to like the, let's say we go to Florida, go, go to Miami. And we try to spend a lot of time at the beach. 
it's, it's it's a big memory for me. Like my dad used to take us to to the beach. Like after going to work, he just okay, let's go to the beach, and we go to drive to the beach, and we stay there until you know whenever it gets before it gets dark. And that's why, like, I I love to take my girl to the beach and play there and just play in the water. That's one of the things. I guess it's not a Peruvian thing, but it's since I grew up near the ocean, that's what I love, you know. Well, Cesar, thank you so much for sitting down, taking time out of your day, um, and for sharing your story at Exfabula and with us and for all you do in our community. Well, thank you so much for your time, too. That was Cesar Torres. Cesar shared his American Dream story at an Exfabula Story Slam last year. Exfabula is a local organization committed to strengthening community bonds through the art of storytelling. Learn more and even tell your own story by visiting exfabula.org. That's E-X-F-A-B-U-L-A dot org. Living Local is produced by myself, Katie Kuhn, Melissa Hannon, Brian McCaig, and John Waldbauer. A special thank you to Ethan and Maeve McCaig for providing the music and voice talent for our introduction.